0: Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey! A bag that breaks. Whippy, whippy, whippy! Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky! Time to switch to hefty, ultra strong trash bags. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. There are best bags yet, and they cost less than glad force flex were sold head to head. So you'll be. Happy, happy, happy. happy. Hefty, ultra strong with arm and hammer odor control. Available at Sam's Club.
1: Hefty, happy, hefty. hefty, hefty.
0: Block Talk Radio.
1: Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Change Agent's Dilemma for Tuesday, December 8th, 2009, on Block Talk Radio. I'm your host, Heather Stagel, coming to you live from Atlanta, Georgia, as I do every two weeks on Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. This show is one of the many ways I help equip individuals to lead organizational change at Enclaria LLC. The change agent's dilemma is how to influence change without authority. And today I'd like to discuss three myths that if you believe them can cause your change initiative to get stuck in a rut. Uh, Before I start, I'd like to invite you to a free webinar coming up on Thursday, December 10th, that's in two days, at 11 a.m. Eastern called 10 Essential Tools for Change Agents. Now, if you're an internal organizational change agent and you enjoy my radio show, you're not going to want to miss it. Uh, If you are listening to this after the fact or if you can't attend the live webinar, you can still sign up to receive the recording. So to register, you can visit www.inclaria.com slash events. That's www.inclaria.com slash events to attend the webinar, 10 Essential Tools for Change Agents. Now, about myths. Myths in general are just widely held beliefs that really are not true. And when we have beliefs about change, what it is and how it works, it can really influence our willingness to take on change in general. It can affect our willingness to take on the challenge of change appropriately. And so change agents who believe in these three myths uh, might find their initiatives stuck and not moving forward, uh, mainly due to the belief that they have. Now there's probably more than three myths, definitely more than three myths, but I'm just gonna tackle three today that stick out in my mind as, as uh, big myths that people have that, that we really uh, need to wipe out of our minds. So myth number one is change is the goal. Change is the goal. And perhaps we're victims of language. Um, you know, organizational change practitioners, we commonly talk as though the, the end goal is change itself. We say uh, we're trying to implement change. Even I say you try to influence change without having authority. So, just using the words, a verb and then change, it sort of sounds like change is the end goal itself. And it's really not. Change is not the goal, change is the process of bringing about some desired future state that you want to see. One of the first people to study organization development, his name was Kurt Lewin. in the early to middle of the last century. And he described the change process as unfreeze, and then change, and then freeze, or sometimes called refreeze. And really what that means, when you unfreeze, you're just trying to knock the organization out of its current state. You know, sometimes you could say you're trying to establish a sense of urgency, for example, um, doing something to knock the, the organization out of its current state. And then you're changing it. You know, implementing some kind of process to change the organization, and then you're freezing it in some alternate state that's different from the first state. Now, it's commonly mis- misinterpreted that the thing that you're freezing is the change itself. So that is, you're trying to permanently affix the initiative that you're implementing. And in fact, it means that the state that, that you freeze is the true desired future. It's the future that's continuing back as normal after the initiative ends. So a couple of examples of this. When you're trying to implement strategy, if you're implementing strategy, strategy is not the end state that you're implementing. The strategy is the plan that you're implementing in order to get to some vision of the future. Right? So that's one example. And I also have another example, Uh, several years ago, I was implementing a suggestion program in order to try to get more ideas bubbling up from people in the organization. And so the change itself, the initiative, was to create a program, a suggestion program, that included having a steering committee who was reviewing ideas, that included having communication in order to let people know that we wanted ideas and what sort of ideas were needed and, and how to submit ideas and that whole process of how to handle ideas. But the, the desired end state itself was actually had nothing to do with the suggestion program. That was just the means of trying to get more and more people in the organization to provide their ideas. And in fact, the end state turned out to be that we really wanted managers to be asking their employees for ideas. And the interim state of having the suggestion program was really one way of showing managers that, hey, people really have good ideas and they, they are willing to provide them if you ask, right? So that's the difference between um, what change is. Change is the process. It's the initiative that you're implementing. And the end state is what you really want to have happen. And those are two separate entities. So to see this myth, myth in action... In your own world, ask yourself, how does what you really want to have happen differ from how you are accomplishing it? So how does what you really want to have happen differ from how you're accomplishing it? That's one way to see if you think that, or if you're acting as though change is the goal or change is the process. Myth number two is that change must start at the top. Now, as you can imagine, this is one of my pet peeves, that people think that change has to start at the top. You know, my whole, the whole premise of um, my company, of my show, is that you can influence change without having direct authority. So that automatically implies that you don't have to be in a leadership position in order to implement change or to influence change. But at the same time, I'm not going to deny, and in fact, I agree, that leadership is very important in driving and reinforcing the change process throughout an organization. If you want large-scale change throughout an organization, definitely leadership has to be committed and owning it and and pushing it, driving it, in order to make that happen and make it sustainable. But it does not have to start with leadership. Change does not have to start at the top. Change can start as a grassroots effort. You can get your friends involved and say, hey, I have this idea. I really think that we need to change this and build that up, build up people who agree with you and want to try it. You can develop an official small trial in maybe a department or something like that in order to prove out a concept. And even one person speaking up can have a big impact On on something that maybe people didn't even think of before, it could be changed and needs to be changed. So, you know, ideas for change initiatives they frequently come from people who are lower in the organization chart than someone at the top. Um, People who are more directly affected by problems and and the challenges of the organization. You know, if we waited for leaders to start changes all changes in our organization we'd be waiting for a long time because, honestly, they just can't see everything because of the position they're in. I know of, I I just met a few months ago an IT systems administrator for a a nationwide service organization who had an idea. Currently, one of their systems was pretty disparate. Each Each unit, each department, not department, but each region, each unit had its own IT system, and his idea was to consolidate and centralize. And so what he did, he developed the idea in his head. He actually wrote a report that was about 12 pages and started distributing it to people in the organization and say, hey, what do you think of this? And he started getting a lot of attention. It was kind of going viral in his own organization of people saying, hey, have you seen this report? You know, these are some great ideas. It shows the benefits. It had a diagram of how it would work. There was a whole lot of information in this report that he created because he was passionate about this idea. He even had an opportunity to share it at company conferences in front of uh, large groups of people, saying, "You know, this is really what we should be doing in order to, you know, save money, save time, consolidate, and, you know, make things uniform, all those kinds of things." And so. You can get your attention just by having passion about an idea and putting something together and sharing it with people. That's one great way to start change in an organization. So when we believe the myth that change only starts at the top, any lack of information or any lack lack of leadership commitment can make us feel like our efforts are fruitless. You know, what kind of morale is it if you think, you know, I really have this idea for change. There's something that I see that not a lot of people seem to be seeing, but you know, nobody wants to hear this. Now, that's a real morale <laughs> a morale breaker. Um, but the truth is that if you break that myth, if you think, you know, change can start with me, then it becomes a different scenario. Then your job is just to start talking to people. Your job is to start trying out the concept, improving it out even. And that way, you know, you, you really only need to start getting leadership commitment and support when the change that you're, you're making is starting to bode up against the rest of the organization and you're starting to feel that pressure of, you know, nothing else is going to happen until we get more support for this. So you can gain support, and then when you have that support, then it's your job as a change agent to help the leaders to drive and reinforce that whole process, the change process. So myth number two, change must start at the top. Absolutely not true. And then myth number three is that people behave rationally. (laughs) People behave rationally. We actually believe this. People behave behave rationally. It is definitely a myth, right? You already knew that. But when we're change agents and we're trying to come up with initiatives and interventions for how to change people's behavior, we often think that they're going to behave rationally. We frequently assume that we can predict what the reaction is going to be to our initiative based on what we think a rational human being is going to do. So, for example, we believe that if we provide some kind of monetary incentive to accomplish something, people are going to—it's going to motivate people to do it. You know, how often have you seen some kind of a reward given, and then all of a sudden, they people do something else, they do something different. Um, we had I have an example of, in fact, the same suggestion program was before we changed the subge- suggestion program. The initial one that had been put in place was to provide $250 for every idea that's implemented. I mean, that sounds great. You're going to get a ton of ideas if you get $250 for every idea that's implemented, and it was sort of no matter what, no matter what the value was of the idea, you get $250. But what that did. You, you know, you, rationally, you think people are going to be submitting tons and tons of ideas because you get $250 for every single one. But what was really happening was people would say, well, my idea is worth, you know, $50,000, so, you know, why would I put it into the suggestion program? I'm just going to figure out a way to get that added on to my bonus at the end of the year or something like that, I get some kind of reward worked out with my manager. So that's one way. But we'd also find people saying, well, my idea is not worth $250, so I feel kind of foolish submitting this into the suggestion program because it's so tiny. But really we wanted every single idea. And so when we changed the suggestion program, we actually wiped out the monetary reward altogether because it just didn't work. I've also seen incentive programs, the logical thing was, okay, we want to have people increase production in a manufacturing facility, say. So we're going to provide a pr- production bonus based on efficiency. Well, as soon as you do that, well, quality and safety start to tank a little bit <laughs> because people want, you know, they're going product, product, product. That's all we need to do is make product, product, product. And so then you have to start saying, well, we can't just have product, 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 so we have to add on in another, another incentive of well, if there's something that goes on hold or you have to subtract everything that goes on hold, well, then people will stop reporting things that go on hold <laughs> because they don't want that to count against them, you know. So things that, that seem to be rational, um, people actually won't behave rationally. Um, another example, you know, we assume that if we list all the benefits of an, of an initiative, people will get on board, You know, if you list how much money we're going to save and all the other benefits of what you're trying to accomplish and people are still not getting on board, well, they're not using their own rational thought, their own logic in order to decide whether or not they want to jump on board. There's other factors like fear and other things that make people behave and make decisions irrationally. And we also think that if we put a group of, of people in a room with a goal that they're going to work as a team to get it done. And how often have you seen that not happen because people don't get along or they don't really have the same goal or, or whatever it happens to be? There's so many group dynamics that happen that you can't just throw people in a room and say, here, you know, go save $5,000 or whatever it is and have them come out of the, the meeting with an idea for how to do that. It just doesn't work because people are not rational. But the good news is that although people do not always behave rationally, their irrational behavior is actually fairly predictable. There's a lot of psychology about decision-making and about incentives and things like that that show that people do not behave rationally, but they are fairly predictable at being irrational, (laughs) If that makes any sense. If you know how people behave irrationally, then that can help you to design initiatives and, and interventions that account for that. So, for example, um, one of the studies that I've read is about how when you introduce a monetary reward for a, for performing a behavior that would otherwise be done altruistically, then people will stop doing it for altruistic reasons. So an example might be if you have the behavior you want to motivate is to have people point out things that are safety violations or safety hazards. Typically you'd say, well people will just do that because you know they don't want people around them to get hurt. That would be the altruistic reason why people would suggest or would point out safety violations. But you have, on the other hand, if you give people money for pointing out safety violations, then it will wipe out the altruistic point of part of their brain. And they will stop reporting safety violations for altruistic reasons and only do it for monetary reasons. So you might see that people are still doing it. But as soon as that reward goes away, they'll stop doing it because they'll say, it's not worth my time anymore to suggest it, the altruism goes out the window. So that's one way that you can, that's one way that people are predictably irrational is in the sense of don't give a monetary reward for something that people would do altruistically. So when you think about the impact of your initiative, if you're thinking through it, consider whether your plan is based on the assumption that people are going to behave rationally, the way that you probably would like them to behave, because it's easier to account for something that you think is rational? Or do you think, are, are your assumptions that people are going to be behaving the way that they're actually going to behave, which is irrationally? So consider these things when you're um, designing your initiative, that people are not And I'm not saying always. Some people are rational. But a lot of times people will behave in ways that are not rational, and you need to account for that. And you can account for that because it's usually predictable. So three myths of organizational change. One, that the goal is change. Not true. The goal or the change is the process. It's not the goal. Myth number two, change starts at the top. Absolutely, leadership does not need to start at the top, but they do need to be involved if you want. Long-sustaining, organization-wide change, definitely, but it does not need to start there. In fact, it usually doesn't. And myth number three, people behave rationally. Uh, If we assume that they're always going to behave rationally, uh, you're and it's just going to get stuck because people are going to do things that are not rational. And the good news is that you can predict that how irrational they're going to be uh, in certain, in certain um, scenarios, like incentives and other decision-making type things. So um, next steps, uh, again, a reminder to attend the free webinar coming up on Thursday, December 10th at 11 a.m. Eastern called 10 Essential Tools for Change Agents. If you're listening to this episode after December 10th, you may still be able to access the recording and register at www.inclaria.com events. Uh, as far as the show is concerned, in observance of the holiday coming up, there will not be a show on December 22nd. I'd like to wish you and your family a happy holiday. And we'll catch back up in the new year, 2010. Can you believe it? Thank you for listening to The Change Dilemma. Take care and best wishes for your change initiative.